Welcome everybody to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here as always with my guy, Jordan. And sure. join us as we finish off season one, or if you're more enlightened, book one of Ooh. Avatar Last Airbender. Enlightened. Yeah. Um actually as a kid, I don't know why I mean as an adult, I got like kind of giddy the whole book one, book two. I mean, it's literally just season one, season two, but I think it made it feel more <coughs> of a epic, I think, calling it book one, book two, book three. It's always more epic when you call it book. Yeah. I think so. I think so as an adult. I no, don't get me wrong. Watching the shows, that's cool. But like as soon as you dive into the book with all the extra detail, all the extra feeling, all the extra that the show doesn't show, you you get to respect the epicness of the book. Put it yeah. that way. But um I w- I wish it'd be interesting if they did actually make books for the show. I know that they have comics, but the our stuff with the comics just never really felt like it did it for me. Um well, anyways. I, I liked the comics. You read the I comics? Uh, I, I see this is what I call I don't call it read, I call it Jordan sifting. Okay. So it's like I've read all of the I've read a bunch of anime mangas because I'll compare it to a manga. It's whatever, it's close enough. And um I sift through them. Like I'll look at the pages and I'll I'll read what I think's important and then I'll move on. It's like yeah, the next that's section. Fair. That's fair. Um, so yes, I've sifted. Okay. So but yeah, I mean uh let's see but anyways uh finishing off this season um there's a lot here i mean again man this there is one thing that i want to talk about that i didn't notice in any of my previous watch throughs of the show and i do want to touch on it but a little bit later um yeah i just i love the world uh when they went zhang zhang the firebending master yeah that was cool. He, he was cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I think he's probably. Yeah. Okay. Again, we're doing spoiler free first half and then spoiler second half. But I feel like. Uh, Zhang Zhang is one of the most creative firebenders. Yeah, like, I could I could see that. Uh, like the stuff that he does, it's just it's not. A lot of people, they're very, because of the firebending art itself, the element itself, right, is very direct, fire aggressive. straight, aggressive, yes. and it spreads over time and um, very jet stream, right? You right. fire out something and that's it. It's not like water where you throw the water out and you pull it back to throw it out again, right? Like, a, like a lasso. Yeah. Or air where it's, air is more jet streamy, but it's also, the fighting style is very much. Fluid. Yeah. Yep. And then Earth is very stubborn, firm, yes. and, you know, grounded stance, very powerful. Uh, and I love how they did that. I We've know. talked about it a little bit in the yes. first episode of The Airbender, but yes. or, it, it, I loved how they implemented that. And it's nice to see as we go through these seasons, well, go through the books, go through however you want to explain it. As we go through this, the how they manipulated their own bending style in creative manners. Yep. Um and there's actually one thing I do want to talk about that, but it would end up becoming a spoiler. And inf- unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about it until late in the show. But rest assured, I will talk about it later. But yeah, oh, I, I know think you will. <laughs> Zhang Zhang. Um, and also, the way he looks, he's just a really cool design character. Yeah. Albeit, he's very st- 
um, he's an old man, stubborn old man. And I think uh, I remember when I was younger, I kind of resented Zhang Zhang in the way he kind of treated Aang. And don't get me wrong, he still treated him unfairly and maybe could have been a little bit nicer <coughs> if he had gone about it. Mm-hmm. But um, <coughs> I think he it, it was one of those rare occasions where I feel like Avatar Roku was wrong. And the other guy was right. And that could happen. Just because he's of some sort of divinity, per se, doesn't mean that he's always going to be right. Right. And he may have that Avatar spirit, so to speak, but it doesn't mean that he uh, he himself is also an individual human being, right? He still makes human mistakes and whatnot. And we'll see more of that. Uh, but him telling Zhang Zhang, like, you know, uh, you remember how he appeared to Zhang Zhang in his spirit form? He says, you think mm-hmm. I'm weak. You know, right. I, I have to relearn that. But there's a, there is a process to being an avatar. You have to go in order. And the order is fire, air, water, earth. That right. is the order. And it obviously depends on which bender you were born as. So if you're water, you go earth next and then fire, then air. But um, there is a direct order. And Aang cannot just skip down to fire just because he happened to have found a firebending master. That's just not... That's not how it works. Which is a cool concept, I believe. Yeah. I, I think I if we were to get into it, I think there is some wisdom behind that, right? I feel like with airbenders, they have to learn water next because it's like a natural next step for them. Right. Because uh, airbenders are very gentle spirited, right? Very free and water kind of goes with the flow and it's very yep. flowy. And then whereas water, you need to go. I, I don't know so much about the wisdom for water learning earth next. But I feel like with Earth learning fire next, it fits right in because our fire is a little looser than Earth. Like the stances, it's more agile, but it is very direct, you know, powerful attacks, powerful, like firm stances when you're fighting. So it kind of flows directly into that. Um, and then same thing with fire going into air. Fire, the the people who fight in with fire, they're very, they are, they have really good, acrobatic feats i feel like um yes like they're uh flexible but there's no necessity for flexibility yeah so it feels like i feel i can see the the flow of the learning in every bending except for water going to earth i don't see that one so much but i'm sure someone could point that out um you say what to earth i'm sorry from uh, going if you were a born a waterbender and then you became and then you, the next step for you if you're an avatar you would have to learn earthbending right i don't see the the connection there right like i can see air to water i can see earth to fire fire to air but i cannot i, I can't see water to earth because well, water to earth they're both feminine they're both a feminine energy so if you think about it in terms of sexual masculine and sexual femininity they're I would say water. Aspects. I would say water and air is more feminine than fire, and fire and earth would be more masculine. Personally, yeah. Well, the understanding of air is that it's a moving, it's an active process. the 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 fluidity of air, yes, is comparable to water, but the the air is a moving up process. So it's an it's a net positive process. So you would see that it would be more masculine because again, air is steam per se if you look at it in certain terms and okay. i'm talking out of my own experience here but it's the combination of earth or uh, water and fire 
it's the sun of water and fire. So it's one of those things if you look at it like that. But yes, from your standpoint of, let's just say, non-esoteric knowledge, yes, you are probably correct in saying that you don't understand that process. But when it comes down to stuff like that, like they're using an esoteric art to bend the elements hmm. per se. And you know what I mean? Like when you I, see them element, I think I know what you're esoteric. saying, but I don't, I still don't necessarily see the connection so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can explain it in depth later on. Yeah, but. that's fine. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and also the Bato, the water tribe, the water tribe also their get up is so cool. The whole, like, I don't, I don't, it's not Native American, but it's like the people who live like in the icier areas, like the Eskimo style. Look. Uh, yeah, the uh, 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 what do they call um, I don't call them Eskimo, well, they do call them Eskimos, but um, I, I know what word you're looking for, but I can't think of it either. Yeah, it, it look, their 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 whole get up just looks really cool to me. Um, just their style of clothing and whatnot, right? Um, but yeah, so he does make it to the northern water tribe. Uh, oh. One thing, when Aang fights a volcano, one of the coolest like, like shows of power, like just a straight up dropping it on the table kind of power. Yeah, and you know? <laughs> the, the show did a very good job at pacing and not letting it the whole oh you know we're gonna keep you keep building the world power and then at the end of every season we're gonna have a big battle and then you're gonna sh we're gonna show you how cool the powers are. They did a very good job that every now and then they would keep reminding you. It's like, yeah, elemental bending. This this is the show, and it is a big part of the show, and we're going to keep showing you how cool this stuff is. Because uh, exactly. I don't like that where they get so caught up in the world building, so caught up in the plot and all that stuff that they forget the show's supposed to be fun and supposed to have that action too, which not a lot of shows do this, mind you. But that I'm just trying to point again how much of a masterpiece this show is. Right. Um, but yeah, so they finally get to the Northern Water Tribe, and I loved how that was basically like a three-episode, like arc-ish. Yeah, and I loved that so much. Um, Master Paku, uh, <laughs> that old man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I thought was funny, and it was very—I think it was a very good. I don't know if explanation is the right word, but a good introspection into cultures realistically speaking i think it was very accurate that people will cling on to the cultures even if it means the end of the world right because right the world knows that the thing that the element that he needs to learn after air is water the world knows <laughs> this uh including master paku i mean like he's you know i'm guessing a world renowned waterbender probably the greatest waterbender in the world at this point he, uh, with that kind of skill, has to come the wisdom that airbenders are going to need to learn water next. For him to turn away Aang just to hold on to his cultural teachings that I can't teach women waterbending mm -hmm. for anything other than healing is so incredibly stubborn. And I thought, I think it's, I'm not saying good in the sense of like it's good that he was stubborn, it's good in the like it just shows how accurate it is that people yeah they're they are that stubborn when it comes to their culture they're and like oh ang needs to learn waterbending oh well too bad he's insisting on having katara learn too and that's going against my culture well you know you can go figure it out because which seems kind of dumb it's like you're you're writing this 
fake idea, fake ideal out, and it's not, it's not, it's harming more than it's doing good. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I'm, it's funny because the world is at war, right? And they're basically losing like massive ground. The Earth Kingdom is kind of holding out, but you know, like not, they're, they're losing. It's okay to lose. (laughs) They're they're definitely losing. Uh, so I feel like you kind of need every advantage that you can get. And yeah, you could say, oh, well, he could go learn waterbending from somebody else. It's like, yeah, but why shouldn't he learn from the greatest waterbender in the world? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so <laughs> that level of stubbornness was crazy. Yeah, um, it's very agitating. You know, even in a show, you can feel some sort of agitation for the character. Oh, yeah. Even though you know it's not real, you yeah. can still feel for the character. Cause... And I think that that makes that points to a better show. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't feel for the character, you're kind of just like, yeah, whatever. You're just watching it. You're not really immersed, I think. Right. I agree. Because there's different kinds of immersion, right? There's immersion into the plot. There's immersion into the world. There's immersion with the characters. Yep. Um, I think those are the three major kinds of immersion when it comes to storytelling. And if uh, a show has all three, which in my opinion, this show does, that's that's a really fun show. Yep. It makes for... um... It makes for somebody that can't put it down, pretty much. Like you don't, yes. like, it does. It doesn't allow you to put it down. You're like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna keep watching. And it's been a while since I've rewatched Last Airbender, and while I'm watching it for this podcast, I'm like, wow, I forgot how good this show was. I know. I was watching. I was watching these episodes, and everybody's like, all right, we gotta go. Lindsay's like, we gotta go. My wife, yeah. like, we gotta go. And I was like, well, I don't watch one more. It's like 20 minutes, and she's like, no, we gotta go. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know how you feel. Um, the I, I did think it was, and we see this theme kind of recurring, where the Fire Nation, they're not just strong because they launched a surprise attack on the world with Sozin's Comet and whatnot, but they also have really powerful industry and like machines of war, right? The steel right. ships, the steel. Their technology is almost unfeathered. Yeah. Or unmatched, I should say, and you, to other people. And with the technology, like the bending is, yeah, it's cool. And it kind of gives them uh, a, a good edge. But the technology is, it's kind of hard to overcome, right? Right. Um, because even though you have sheer number, maybe you have a ton of benders, but the sheer number will get, the sheer number of vendors, benders will get outweighed by the technology yep. plus their benders. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like the bending plus. Because here's the thing, a tank now all of a sudden has made a firebender way stronger, and he's protected now. And, and more mobile. precise, right? Yeah. And they don't have to, and really, they don't have to learn as much firebending. You can use a, a novice firebender in a tank because exactly. it directs the attack for them. It it, it turned, it, it made the time to train for a single soldier drastically lower and made him way more effective on the battlefield. I agree. And that, and that, that right there pretty much could win <laughs> win itself yeah and so it's it's um it's really you it's very telling because in the battle you see ang work so hard to attack this one ship you know he goes all out he's uh, destroying like the catapults and then the other waterbenders come up in their tiny little boats and they uh, push it up in ice, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, we got the ship." And there's like 300 more ships behind them. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, oops!" It they got little, they got little uh, dinghies that they're floating around, and they got huge warships. Exactly, and I think it's very reminiscent of, for those of you who've seen it, uh, Indiana Jones, 
mm-hmm. when the guy comes out with a sword and he's like swinging it around, everything like that. And then Indiana just pulls out the gun and just shoots him. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, sword to a gunfight. Yeah, like this is this is that comparison where you fight so. But in in that situation, Indiana Jones was the hero, so they made it more from his perspective, and he had the technology. Right. Or in this case, the heroes don't have the technology. So you see from their perspective, they're fighting so hard and they win, but against one ship. Right. And that ship, to my understanding, is probably more of a scout ship anyway, so it's even smaller. So they put in all that work to beat a smaller single ship. Scout ship when they when they have destroyers right behind them. Yeah. And it's even worse too, because if they have and if you're talking about that destroyer or even the big battleships, you only still need novice firebenders to make that thing work yeah no i agree um and yeah exactly right whereas every number that the firebenders lose because they have novice firebenders is not that big of a deal because you can replace those numbers easily whereas with the waterbenders if you lose them because of the lack of technology that's a critical loss huge hit plus Plus, it seems to me like the other tribes care more about their people than the fire tribe. Fire tribes like, all right, or the fire um, nations like, nope, throw them all away, throw all the people away, let them die, screw it, because of their leader. Yes, their I think because when you become most... a warlike, uh, warlike nation, you become very industrial—not not necessarily industrial, but you become warlike and authoritarian regime like that. Which, yeah. for what it's worth, like let's be clear, every single one of them except for the air nomads were pretty authoritarian. Right. Yeah, the air nomads were kind of like they were the monks. Yeah, they were the monks, <clears throat> and other than that, the war, the tribes, like the water tribe, they have straight up leader. Like they have a monarch. The yeah. Earth Kingdom, they also have a monarch. Right. So right. let's not get ahead of ourselves here and, and act as though they're much better. They may have smaller kingdoms, like Omashu has Bumi, and then uh, Bossing says is its own kingdom. But and the Earth Kingdom may have smaller kingdoms within it, but they're still monarchies for. Uh, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So let's not get ahead of ourselves here in the sense of like, oh, they're more democratic. They may be better led <coughs> as far as like better humanitarian people. Yeah, on a humanitarian level. But like, <coughs> but um, there is one thing I did want to talk about, and this I had mentioned at the beginning. Uh, when Commander, uh, no, not Commander, Admiral, yeah, because remember he got uh, promoted. When Admiral Zhao... When he uh, kills the white fish, right? The mm-hmm. fish, the spirit of the moon. Yep. I don't know if you know, mm-hmm. and this is what I noticed now, um, just now on this rewatch, that because uh, Aang kind of like, I don't know if he bonds with that ocean spirit or what, or the ocean spirit lends him its power, or I don't know what it is. Regardless, remember, waterbending is push and pull. I just noticed in this um, that the ocean spirit only pushes. He never pulls. He never sends out water and then pulls it back. It's all straight pushing water away from him. And I never realized that. I didn't either. Good call. Yeah. And I, I mean, neat. maybe I'm looking too deep into it. And now, I, the water spirit being just the single fish or the both fish? So I've, I've, th- I've thought about that too. I think the water spirit is not an actual thing. I think the water bending comes from the combination of both the moon and the ocean spirit. The two combined allows water bender to water bend. Oh, because I always thought it was the black and white fish was the push, the pull, the yin, the yang. You know what I mean? I always thought of it in that concept. Well, I think the two combined are the yin and the yang. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 
It's fascinating. Um, and I think they're the only vendors that are like this, where they get it directly from a spirit like that. Which could make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I also loved, like, you know, uh, they're entering into the full moon, so the moon is at its highest, like, you know. This is when they're fully, most powerful. Yeah, they're the most powerful because the moon is fully revealed to the earth, and they're just, you know, more powerful there. And how Zuko said, I rise with the sun, which makes sense because firebenders get their um, energy, energy per and, se. Yeah, from, from the heat of the sun. It's stuff like this. It, it's just made... I don't know. It made so much sense. It felt so real. And I mean, for what it's worth, this is hard magic system, right? Like, yes. this is hard magic system. And I think this was probably my first exposure to hard magic system um, ever. And I think that's probably why I ended up liking Mistborn so much is because of a series like this made me like, just really appreciate, to be honest, like rules because soft magic systems are cool, but I'm a more of a fan of a hard magic system because I feel like there's a defined rules. And no character, no matter how strong, really surpasses those. Right. And it's like, um, it's like, and then that allows for, yes, power escalation, but at a completely, like, not complete, but like at a way slower rate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we didn't, in, in just in Mistborn, spoiler a little bit, we don't see, <clears throat> we don't see a steel push bubble until the, the, the Wax and Wayne era. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if Ven would have understood oh, that? Oh, God, yeah. You see what I'm that, saying? That though? Like, been two books. The hard magic system allowed that slow power escalation, so everything was done instead of just brute forcing the whole thing. Yeah. They had to think, so it gave that aspect to it. But, like, like things like Dragon Ball Z, they just brute force their brain straight into the other person's brain, and it's like a freaking two bulls going at each other. Yep. At least with the... With this magic system, it allows people to grow almost naturally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we'll stop the spoiler-free here. For those of you who have not seen the show, um, you can go ahead and stop now. And the spoiler section begins now. Um, there's, this section is not going to be long. The The library that they're talking about, mm-hmm. Commander Zhao, what he said, he was like a lieutenant, right? Zhao? He he was in the library and he said he found the weakness of the water tribe. He knows that the ocean, or sorry, the waterbending spirits are there in person. That library, we that's the library that we see later. I don't know if you picked up on that. I know you've only seen the show first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love how that they foreshadowed so that. Yeah, there and this show was again. It's such a great show to take to give to kids that are probably like, you know, in their mid-teens. Because, or even like, you know, I want to say mid, middle school, I guess. So early, early to mid teens, I think this yeah. is a good show to show uh, kids because it kind of, they grow up and they kind of see more adult level writing and they can grow up. Done for a kid. It's like, it's adult writing done for children almost. Yeah. Um, Which is a neat concept because you don't see that often. Yes. <clears throat> and what you were saying about the... Wax and the Wayne and how they, you know, steal bubble and whatnot and how the magic system grows with the people as they become find new and newer and newer techniques. Have you seen Legend of Korra? No, I have not. I've seen snippets of okay. <coughs> I've seen snippets of it on um 
YouTube and it looks good. So that was my next probably watch yeah, after this. Well, we can probably do that after this for sure. But yeah, Legend of Korra, you can see a lot of examples of exactly that. Um, which is which will be cool to see because I, I know the end of Avatar and how it plays out, but I've never seen what came to fruition after. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I think that's about it for me, to be honest, unless you have something else you wanted to talk about. Um, just short. I mean, the fight scene that we see, and this, this, this could have been a non-spoiler too, but the fight scene that we see at the Water Tribe. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, the ice, the water, all of those waterbenders using their abilities. The leader of the Water Tribe just going ham at the end against those firebenders. Yep. I mean... Uh, that that fight scene alone, like the the waterbenders, like <clears throat> using the snow and stuff like that, I thought that was so cool. How <clears throat> they use the, the it was a group their group techniques. Yes. You, you put more benders in a yep. group, and yep. their their power multiplies because they're able to manipulate the element. I, I would say easier. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, no, I know. I've got nothing else to add to that because, yeah, you're right. It it was just a beautiful, beautiful fight. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And it's most not- of the time in kids' cartoons, the fight scenes are like somebody throws a punch and the other guy it points to like it goes to the other screen. So like this is also good for kids to get into like appreciating the 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 animation, the the art, the 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 magic system mm-hmm. that yeah. they use. It, it kind of helps kids get into, I wouldn't say anime per se, but I would say anime just because it's, it's that again, style I, for sure. yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. Man, I, yeah, I can't sing enough praises for the show, which is funny because I wonder if some of the audience members are kind of annoyed of us because we sing praises for House of Dragon, The Expanse, and now this. But we, mean, just, we love our stuff. What can I say? You know, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, everything can have its faults, but we're gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna highlight their faults. That wouldn't make for good and like that wouldn't be that like why? Why not highlight all of the strengths so when you watch it you can determine what the faults are. You can determine what the strengths are with a little bit of bias from us, but you can also contradict it too. So it's not like it's not like what we say is set in stone. You can think the show's crap. It is what it is. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, um, that'll about cover it from us for that episode. Um, next time we'll do season two, episode one through ten. Just keep rolling, half the season. And arguably season two and three, you can kind of go back and forth which one you like better. But both of these seasons are, in my opinion, solid. Season one, in my opinion, is probably the weakest. But that's not saying much because the show is just brilliant throughout. I like so, the comic relief, too. So. Oh, yeah. No, the timings are the timings are perfect on that, too. It's not like a Marvel yeah. movie where it's like takes away from the emotion. It's perfectly timed. Agreed. But, yep, we will see you all next time. See ya.